Welcome back to Down for the Count. I am your girl, Tiffany E. And on behalf of my co-hosts, Alexis and Nicole, welcome back to the show. So this is the final episode of the Down for the Count podcast. And this is the final episode of the year, season, whatever you want to call it. And it is a bittersweet moment for us. We love doing this labor of love, as I said in my outro previously. And we really do enjoy doing it. So I hope you guys stick around for January when we are back full force pumping out these podcasts on a weekly basis. So we're going to finish up talking about NXT. We're going to talk about Corey Graves and Mauro Ranello, And we're also going to tie in and finish up with our indie news. So I hope you guys enjoy this final episode of Down for the Count. Let's get to it. It was just doing a little bit too much, but but yeah, because people were like tweeting him because on the podcast he said people were tweeting him like, oh, what do you think about CM Punk being on Fox? And he was like, well, it's good for good for Fox. Mm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All righty. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, anyway, um, let's talk about the the last three guys on the men elimination team. Because I was trying to keep track of who got eliminated, and I got lost halfway through, and I said, "Fuck it, whatever." Um, I'm a very bad reporter. Fuck off. No one's paying me to do this. Um, <laughs> it was Seth Rollins from Raw, mm-hmm. Roman Reigns from SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And Keith Lee from NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm officially in love with Keith Lee. I've always liked Keith. And I mean, I've watched I've watched his stuff. Most of these people in NXT, I've watched their stuff in like clips that I see or whatever. But I've never really sat down and watched NXT as its own brand. Mm-hmm. And I am so fucking impressed with the talent they have there and I know and I'm seeing it now I know why everyone says it's the NXT curse because I'm seeing it and now I'm going back and I'm catching myself fucking watching it when, when Finn was originally there when Samoa Joe was originally there when Kevin Sammy Shinsuke all the good ones were in NXT and how great they were and I was like holy shit what the fuck happened between coming up from NXT to the main roster I can see they were the stars on NXT though. I don't think there's a curse. I think it's how they're used. So in Finn's case, because the upper echelon didn't really believe in his his star power, they gave him a shot initially. Then he got injured and they were just like, Oh, clearly he's not ready. So we're just gonna leave him in the mid card. And that's where they left him. When it came to Joe, Joe got pushed immediately. Kevin got pushed. They all, most of them got pushed when they got to the main roster. So I don't understand this whole NXT curse thing. I'm very confused. Because, I mean, Samoa Joe was coming from the roster immediately. He was a Triple H guy. Was getting matches, having squash matches. Um, You had... Guys like um, Andrade who came out. Andrade didn't necessarily get buried, but he wasn't like immediately pushed like KO and the rest of the guys were. So, because I mean, Kevin kind of got the page treatment. He came, 
from NXT and was champion and was getting matches with big guys like John Cena immediately out the gate. So I don't understand what you mean when you say there's an NXT curse. I'm confused. I think it's just, okay, I don't mean like curse, but it's just like they were like the top of their game. It's like, okay, let's go to this. Shinsuke Nakamura. Dude was on the top of the game at NXT. They brought him to, they brought him to SmackDown because I remember the night he first showed up. That was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And then they kept building, 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 building. And then all of a sudden it just went. Pfft. And then it's like, well, what the fuck happened to Nakamura? Mm-hmm. That was like a bad storyline or, or something, but like people started losing slowly interest in him. And then he won the Royal Rumble. And he wanted to go up against AJ at WrestleMania. And everyone was like, okay, cool. And then here comes that build again. And then the kick of the crotch. And then, like, I honestly keep forgetting Nakamura's IC champ right now. And I feel so bad for that. I honestly, like I said, Nakamura had, um, I wouldn't say he had the best push, but he had an okay push. I chalk that up to Vince's um, ignorance because I remember them saying that the reason why Nakamura didn't get pushed that much after WrestleMania was simply because he didn't speak English well enough. And I find that to be ridiculously ignorant because I think them speaking Japanese completely plays into their characters as heels and it makes it more effective with the things that they say even if you don't know what they're saying, you know they ain't saying nothing nice. So I find it to be endearing. It's a part of, of their character and it's a part of them. So I don't think they have to speak English in order to be great wrestlers or great characters in general. So that part, I didn't agree with. Also, I didn't like the way he was booked either. But again, I still say he had a decent push. And so did Asuka when she came out. She was immediately put into the forefront. She got um, the Royal Rumble. She won it. Her and Miz won the mixed tag team um, challenge thing. I mean, there was a lot of steps before we got to the point where Asuka was being pushed down to the bottom, before Shinsuke was being pushed to the bottom, and before everybody else was being pushed to the bottom. Um, I would just say, like, no, they're not being booked correctly now, and they're not getting that that rivalry where you're just like totally invested in what you see. And I think sometimes, again, we have the, the new shiny toy thing because mm. NXT has pure, raw, untouched talent. So when you bring them in with people we've already seen, we already know what they're capable of. And if you watch NXT, you have an idea of what they're capable of, but you're not sure of how they would play up against the guys who are on the main roster and they come up and show them up on their shit. Like, yeah, that right there in itself would be like, okay, NXT is clearly superior, but it was designed that way. And after I, when you get done watching the show for what you see it as, and after you get done really living in that moment and the, the storm comes and you can really think about what you saw, 
I'm fine with NXT being the ones to get over because in all actuality, they're the ones who needed it the most because NXT had an audience of their own, true enough, and it was growing, but they need NXT to be built up to be an equal main event brand. It would not have helped them if they lost their first day. They, I mean, their first Survivor Series. They could have, they could have recovered from it, true enough, but they needed this win specifically to establish themselves as a brand, as something that is going to be able to be considered a part of the establishment. That's why they won. I knew as soon as Roderick won that NXT was going to win. Yes. Because I said, as soon as I saw, I said, oh, they got it for the night. Because that was, that was a toss up for me. Yeah. Because you couldn't, you you couldn't tell where it was going to go. So mm-hmm. as soon as he won, I saw, oh, no, NXT got it this year. It's, it's and a wrap. I didn't even go for it. <laughs> so I was like, not Roderick's match. It could have been anybody but Roderick's match. Like, I would have preferred if Keith Lee would have beat Team SmackDown. I'm dead ass serious. I would have been like, okay, cool. I I don't because honestly because uh, I'm starting to lose my voice again. Um, Roderick is very very massively underrated in my opinion. He on it and then quite honestly he's the uh, he's I give I'm gonna give Adam Cole his flowers in a second, but he is the best technical wrestler. He's the best wrestler on in Undisputed Era, in my opinion. Period. He is one of the best wrestlers in NXT. He's one of the best wrestlers that they have signed to that whole entire company, period. But he's he is amazing. But again, he's he flies under the radar, but all of his matches are good. He always performs 110%, but again, he just flies on the radar, so I was fine with him winning, because that made sense to me, from his skill set. I wasn't. It is me. I don't take nothing away from Strong technically and athletically. I agree. I think he's a great wrestler. He irritates me. There's also a lot of things, like, people think he's younger than what he actually is. Like, dude's 36. Well, not by the way he's talking. Yeah, he's 36, and he's also like he's wrestled some of these people before. He was he was in Ring of Honor with some of these people. He was in like scrapping on the Indies, like with KO and all the rest of them. So it's just kind of like, and again, this is like me just knowing because like I watch wrestling outside of WWE more so than like most people so like that makes more sense to me and this is not just going not only going by off of what he does in nx does in nxt but like i know like just hurt his career as like a span because he's been wrestling as long if not longer than again a lot of these people they have signed right i'm fine with that well isn't that the great that's the great thing about NXT, though, because it's going to be, like, guys like Joe, Finn, Kevin, Sammy, Shinsuke, who have been around for a while, but, you know, 
they never got picked up or they never went into the WWE for some reason. And now it's kind of like the new generation is finding out about these guys. But it's like, well, yeah, that, that's cool. You're finding out Samoa Joe. Uh, I watched his first match back in Impact in like 2006, dude. <laughs> He's been around. Holy shit. How long has Samoa Joe wrestled now? Like 20 uh, fucking, years. God damn. <laughs> Roger old. Strong's almost wrestled for like 20 years. Fucking old. Oh my god. Because, hold on. Okay, hang on. No, At least I, 20. Um, Funny enough, when I was watching the Broken Skull thing, Undertaker started wrestling the year I was born. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Right there. We'll see that there. Part I see. Okay, he has, okay, Samoa Joe has been wrestling since 1999. Yeah. He started wrestling when I went into high school. What the? That's fuck? like all them 12 year olds that started wrestling. Like all those um, British, all those um, foreign people. Like Rhea Ripley, and because I didn't know too much about her prior, so I was like, I researched her a little bit on my way back. But um, she's only twenty. She auditioned for WWE before, and she was like seventeen. Wow. And the only reason they didn't sign her was because she was seventeen. Yeah, she's like twenty three now or something like that. Yeah, and she started wrestling, and they said she was like fifteen or sixteen or something like that. Well, that's normal over there in Britain because it's like, okay, you got school from this time to this. There's all those countries. There's literally every country except for America. That's why I don't understand why people are so, like, weird about Izzy starting to wrestle and starting to train. I'm like, if you go to Mexico, all those luchador, they start when they're, like, 10. Didn't they start when he was 8? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They all start when they're, like, literally children. And um, you go over to... England, they're like wrestling in fucking diapers. Well, so I mean, like, she doesn't have to wrestle in the States as a teenager. Her parents can take her overseas. I mean, that's where you hone your skills the best anyway. Well, her parents are encouraging and they have her trained, but it's like these like weird people on like Twitter and stuff. They're like, she's so young. She shouldn't, she shouldn't be wrestling already. She shouldn't be training. And it's like... It's not like her parents are forcing it down her throat. Right. Yeah, like and they're she, making sure she she trains safely. And I'm like, and this isn't like a thing. This is always kids have always been training for like. How do you think people get to the Olympics? Facts. Nobody said anything about them gymnasts, and them so, girls were getting raped every day by that damn doctor. And now all of a sudden, you want to be protective and get mad. Well, but I'm just saying. Out. We want to talk about gymnastics because I knew a girl who did it. She was getting birth control at ten to stunt her period, dude. Yeah. Oh, they they go hard. They go hard. Okay. They do horrible. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to hear it about busy training. You can't, dog. And the parents are are doing it the right way. They're allowing their daughter to explore this. If she decides she don't want to do it no more, it is just a piece that she gets to say she did. And I think that's cool as fuck. Like, if I could want to, if I wanted to wrestle when I was a kid, shit, I would have did it. 
Period. Fucking going into my, you know, middle 30s and I still want to be a wrestler. Like, come the fuck on. <laughs> just slam me once. That's all I fucking want. Just body slam me one time. I do not I- want to what that's like. <laughs> the sound that their bodies make hitting that damn mat. When I first heard that, I was like, that's what it sounds like? I love husband. that sound. I, I love that sound. <laughs> said, yes, it is loud. I said, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And when I saw Rhonda, I was like, the sound. <laughs> the sound of that ring is so unforgiving and so scary to me. Like, I just like, I I, I don't think I could do it. No, I really hurts. don't. Daryl and I, when we went to see WWE about two, like a year or so ago, when they came, last time they came to Knoxville, he hadn't been to a wrestling event in like a really long time. And we were sitting like really close. And like, first guy who got slammed, he goes, Damn, has that thing always been loud? I'm like, Yep. WWE does a good job of hiding that sound. Because when we're watching it, you barely hear it. But I know when I watch Wild Wrestling and when I watch Impact and I watch um, a couple other promotions, it is like thunder cracking every time that they hit that mat. And I just be like, Jesus, you can hear the springs move, you can hear all that shit. Like, is that shit mic'd? Because you can hear it. I'm like, how does WWE keep that sound out of the, the TV production? How do they do that? I know in Lucha Underground, it the 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 ring was mic'd up. Okay. It's because when you hear them get kicked, or when you like certain spots or certain areas, because like when you when they kicked somebody, you fucking heard when they kicked somebody. Like yeah. yeah. Um, I think they were mic'd up in in some kind of way. Um. Fuck, I don't know, but I like that sound. I just, like, that is my experience. Before I am 50 years old, I want to get body slammed just one time on an actual wrestling ring. Why do you want that? I'm so afraid. It hurts, I'm telling you. I don't understand why you want to experience that, but I, I want to want to do it, say I did it. Because, dude, I told you, I wanted to do this when I grew up, and I had people screw with my head and tell me I wouldn't have been good enough and I believed them and now it's just like that's the one thing on my bucket list I have to do before I die before or hell before I turn 50 I have I to be body slammed in a wrestling ring I think you can still train to do it you don't have to be a professional wrestler but they have schools you can go learn to take bumps and all of that what if what if your daughter wants to do it then you can kind of train with her money dude honestly that's that's the only thing that's fucking stopping me yep it stops us all i feel you but it's it hurts i love that sound i I love that sound it makes me i don't know it's just a weird look there's almost calm like i I love hearing that sound the only other sound that has that effect on me is a tattoo needle so i mean really yeah, I love the I love it I love the sound of tattoo needles. I like you know? how it sounds too. It's, it's like it sounds like a bird kind of. Yeah, it's kind of relaxing. 
the, the sounds I like are, are food, and it, that just means I'm just fat, so. <laughs> so, I just, I, I don't, I don't really care for, like, like, I listen to, like, waves and that kind of stuff, but I don't, I don't, the sound of bodies hitting that spring mat like that, you know, that board, it, it's it's like I said, it's like hearing thunder crack every time. It is deafening. And I I'm just it. like, how do you guys do this? And that's that's what I'm saying. Like people who haven't gone to a show, whether it's a pay-per-view or a live show or you know, Raw or SmackDown or wherever you watch wrestling, if you've never been to a show like that, you'll never have true respect for the athletes and for the sport. Because you're only judging them off of what you're seeing. And with WWE, because it's so heavily produced, it can appear like it's so easy anybody could do it. But it is not. It is It is one of, for me, the way I see it, it's one of the hardest sports to do. Because you have to know your spots. You have to know the timing of where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do. You got to be able to play off that ref right, and you got to be able to make a good show. It's got to look good. Even though it's well choreographed, it's got to look good. And the fact that they will legitimately take falls and bumps and they are hitting each other in the face, and that shit is happening three to four times a week, that I just had a lot of respect for the superstars after I went to the house show. Well, well, after I went to the pay per view, because I'm just like, Y'all are like literally falling on this wood. This is wood. There's no, there's no cushion there. Yeah, just wooden springs, and that mat is over it. They might have a little bit of foam, but that ain't shit. Like that shit radiates through your body every fucking time you hit that mat. So I, I try to give all of the wrestlers as much respect as possible, even though we pick and we we poke fun and we pick apart a lot of things. The men and women who are a part of the sport really are damn near killing themselves to entertain everybody. Yeah, like, I remember, this is when wrestling was hitting its stride again in the 90s or, like, early 2000s. MTV had a documentary, It's Like True Life, I Want to Be a Wrestler. And, like, in between it, it was, like, the guy training to try out for WWE. And then it was, like, actual, like, WWE guys at the time. And I remember it was Billy, I was Billy Gunn in the ring and he's just like, and he's like, I'm going to show you guys how we set this up. And there, there's no springs, there's no tricks, there's nothing like that. And it was like showing the ring and he pulled up the the apron or, you know, the cover on it. He's like, yeah, this is wood because this is what we land on. There's no padding, there's no springs, there's no nothing. And then he, you know, he showed the ropes. He's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're so bouncy. And he goes, no, these things, these things will hurt you. He goes, I think my first year wrestling, he goes, I got ring, I got rope rash so bad. I, I like, apparently he was at an indie show and he had ring rat or rope rash so bad. He tried to bounce off the ropes and it hurt so bad. He fell down and started crying because his skin was that fucking raw. Jesus. I was like, fuck. Yeah, the ro- because the ropes are like lit- are are actual ropes. Like, yeah. It's not like it's just like there. So like, and it's weird, and it hurts bouncing, and it hurts bouncing off of them. Like it hurts bouncing off. It hurts. It sucks taking bumps. 
and it's like especially like our exercise because how you have to train your body to take bumps too is hard yeah because you have to not only take bumps take bumps you have to train your body to be able to take it right yeah because your natural reaction is to protect yourself if you fall okay yeah because you have to make sure you're landing a certain way Right. So you're not fucking up your it, it just sucks. My back hurt. My back still hurts. But my back hurt it hurt for like like chronically, like really bad for at least two weeks. At least two, three weeks. And constantly. Like it was like if I was especially on the weekends because I was like I was running around that sort of busy at work, like, oh my god, I would like have to sit down after like a certain X amount of time. Mm. I still want to do it. I still want, I don't care. Like when you do it, I want to be there. I want to see that. I have to see it. <laughs> I'll do it. Can you come yeah. come to the school. Come to the school one day. All right. I'll just might be like someone pull me out by my legs so I have some kind of dignity. <laughs> <laughs> Why you can't move? <laughs> just like, just grab my legs and pull, and I promise I won't scream too loud. I have to see it. I have to. I want to do it. I want to do it. I just, I have to, I have to do it. Like, look, this is something that I've wanted to do since I was 14 years old. And I have health insurance now, so I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever works. Hey, man. All right. So, hold up. We got, that could be a lost episode. Um, yeah, but. We're on the men's match with Keith Lee. He, like, okay, and everyone's, people are complaining about NXT winning or NXT losing. NXT won clean and NXT lost clean. Yeah, except for the oh. women's match, yeah. <laughs> that was funny, though. <laughs> but they lost clean or they won clean. And people are complaining about it. I'm like, why the fuck are you complaining about it? Because like, they didn't expect NXT to win. Nobody did. I'm being honest. Like, a lot of people did not expect NXT to win at all. I thought they were going to win some of them. I was sure of that. I thought all of the shows were going to end up winning, and then it was going to be, like, that final bout that was going to make the end-all decision, which is usually how they do it. But they were like, no. No, NXT is going to dominate. And that's that's what they did. They... <laughs> They clean house. They you have to get them. They have to get them their props. Like they came in there, they worked two shows, and they showed you up on your shit, and all hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. On Raw, <laughs> because y'all lost. Like y'all literally won. I don't. Be nice to the Viking Raiders. They they won something. I was fine with them not only winning one match. I was fine with that because I was like, Raw, you win every fucking year. Every year. So I was like, I'm glad y'all was taken out of it. I don't give a fuck about you losing. You should have lost. Now you know how it feels. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all deserve that loss. Eat that shit and come correct next year, period. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you don't but set... Really, there's nothing else to say about Survivor Series because, honestly, it to me, it was a good show. I enjoyed Survivor Series. The well, only I, thing I, 
The only thing that I ask of when I watch those type of pay-per-views is I want to be invested. I want to be hollering at the TV. I want to be falling out. I want to be mad. I want to have some emotion when it comes to it. And I did. So I was like, you know what? It didn't work out the way I wanted, but they gave me what I wanted in terms of me having a show that I was entertained by. So I was fine with, with Survivor Series. I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed TakeOver. I thought TakeOver was beautifully crafted. The matches for the War Games was long, but it wasn't daunting. It was fun to watch it. And you saw the spots. You're sitting there, you're gasping, you're yelling at the TV. It was fun, and that's what I asked for from two pay-per-views. You got two different takes on how to put on a pay-per-view. And from start to finish, each pay-per-view was good to me. Did Survivor Series have some spots that weren't great? Sure. Okay? It, it wasn't, like, 100% perfect all the way around. But I'm not going to beat their ass about that. As long as, overall, I was fine, I, I, I enjoyed the pay-per-view, and I had some type of reaction to what I saw, then I'm okay with that. I was I was entertained by what I saw. I, I mean, besides a few slight little things that can seriously be overlooked by the matches that didn't suck, Survivor Series was fun to watch. It was. So keep that energy going because we have one more next month and then come January Royal Rumble time and then you know what that means for the next three months we're just going to be talking about Wrestlemania and beating us over the head with it again <sighs> well let's hope it'll be a little different <laughs> I am not looking forward to that recording the episode after Mania I think it'll be, well I don't think we're going to record after Mania I'm being honest I mean, like the, the day after yeah, we're going to do it Monday because I'm going to yeah. collect. I'm not doing that. And mm. I'll need to, like, you need to process for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Like, you genuinely need to process what you saw. Because if you're going to go off of pure emotion, like, if we had a report it yesterday, I think this podcast would be completely different. Yeah. We would have been like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> meh. Yeah, because that's why I rewatched the women's match because I was just like, eh. <laughs> I was like, and then I rewatched it and I said, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was also, I that. think I was so disappointed at my pizza that I wasn't as disappointed <laughs> at the match at the time. Where did you get pizza from? <laughs> I got, it was supposed to be really good because I never had Chicago deep dish before. Obviously, I've never been to Chicago before. And it was just not good. I was just not impressed by it. Oh, my God. Well, where did you get it? Do you remember where you got it from? I don't remember. It was supposed to be a good place. It had, like, four and a half stars on Yelp. I think it's just the concept itself, like, I don't like. It's just, like, weird. It's too much, or the sauce is on top. Yeah, it's it's just like it's I'm like I was not feeling it. it. It's not a pizza to me. It's, no, it's it's a pie. It's pizza. It's, pie. it's so good. It's a pie, but it's so good if it's made right. And I like it was it good at first. I think the sauce. So- I think because I don't think the sauce was seasoned enough for me. Oh, um, well, that's a damn shame. Yeah, because sometimes you go to some pizza places that do deep dish, 
And the sauce is super tomatoey and acidic. And they don't really put a lot of seasoning in there except for like oregano or some shit like that. Yeah. There's no salt, there's no pepper, and they just like you you need to taste the mata- the tomatoes. And it's just like, well, it overpowers the whole thing. Like there's a restaurant here called Angela Mia's that does deep dish pizza. And my husband loves it. He he orders it all the time because DoorDash lets us order it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate the deep dish pizza because the sauce for it just tastes like straight up canned tomato sauce without nothing in it. Like they tried to cook it and season it, but they didn't really do much different to kind of quell that super tomato-y flavor. <laughs> Did you record yourself saying that? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Alright, so overall this weekend, let's just count the last... Wait, hold on. They were in Chicago Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and tonight. Good Lord. Um, They've had Chicago, the whole city of Chicago. If you want to get real technical, technically they were in Rosemont for everyone who's yeah. who's at home. Mm. It says Chicago. It's in Rosemont. Rosemont is about a good I want to say about 20 plus minutes outside of Chicago, honestly. so that's why I know Rosemont doesn't sound as good so they're probably just saying Chicago because it's all because it's a suburb of it but if you technically was not in Chicago but but Chicago itself is going to have has had so much wrestling they've had WWE there since Friday yeah and AEW it will be in Chicago on Wednesday Jesus Christ Okay. Chicago, but you think about Chicago is a good wrestling city. Regardless of how trash the crowd acts at moments. Yeah. All right, ladies. So, final verdict on NXT Takeover War Games and Survivor Series final grades. Um, Survivor Series gets a B. Um, Takeover gets an A plus. She's gonna do letters. I'm gonna I'm gonna do numbers. I give um I give I give takeover a nine a nine point five out of ten for Survivor Series. I give them about an eight out of ten. I give War Games. I definitely gotta go with the A plus for War Games. It was it was just it was so good it was so fun and I was like so mad when I'm like wait what what do you mean this is the final match like no Survive- it just flowed well and it was also it just flowed well because by the time I was tired the like it was all it was about to be over oh wow yeah so, series I'm gonna have to give it a B minus just. Just because of some of the stuff there, and it's just like I wasn't 
I was more entertained by NXT than I was Survivor Series. Mm. I, I think I was expecting another clean sweep from Raw, and that bit didn't happen, and I started noticing NXT winning, and then I think the, the men's elimination match just kind of started taking me out of it, because I'm just like, okay, can someone please spear him and get him the fuck out of here so I don't have to waste watching him for 20 fucking minutes? Well, at least he got out of there at some point. I mean, you know. All right. <laughs> and also, it's just like the crowd when Kevin came out, because a couple of people said that they, well, my the friend, my friend, I was what she called it. She's like, I think it's gonna be. She's, I think it's gonna be KO. And I, I was like, and that's what a couple of people around me were saying, and I was like, I was hoping it was Velveteen. Yes. So I was bad. hoping. They I feel so bad for him that he missed out. I feel I so bad that he missed out on this. Yes. That I think Velveteen would have killed it. But having KO in a match was a nice surprise. It's not even being in the match. I mean, just this Survivor Series takeover in general. He would have thrived in this. Yeah. You know how yes. many games he could have played with people? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just acting a mess. He would have made Survivor Series hilarious and just good. Like, especially if he on the men's team, he just would have he would have thrived. I agree. Yeah, he would he would have thrived because this is like a character like him is built for something like this. And I think he would have got a huge pop coming out there. He would have. Oh my god, I feel so bad that he missed out on this. This is like, and I kept thinking about it. I felt I so bad he wasn't here for this. I hope by next year. I mean, he'll be he'll be back up and running by yeah. next year. So I hope they keep the Survivor Series the three on three because I actually like that concept. I just hope that this time they have no singles matches and everything is about brand versus brand versus brand. Especially yeah. since I think it. I think they're gonna keep it three on threes, especially since NXT whooped their asses. So yeah. by the time it rolls around, they're going to be mad. Right. And then they need to incorporate more of NXT UK in there. Um, they only have like one or two. And I think that if you're going to have NXT there, NXT UK is a part of that system. And you could have more people from, there, from them in there. It'll also bring eyes to your show. I think it's harder for them because they still work a lot of independent dates. Like, um, Tony Storm was supposed to have a match at, Progre- at Progress that night. Hmm. But they pulled her, and they were like, hey, she has to go to Survivor Series. So I think it's a lot harder for them to, like, get visible in storylines like that, because a lot of them, they still do a lot of indie bookings. Hmm. Some of them don't do them as much. Like, well, Pete Dunn lives in Florida. They live in Florida now, so that's different. Hmm. But um, when you think about it, like, um, and he stopped doing indie bookings a while ago. Um, and but Trent Seven and Tyler Bates still do. And then Tony Storm, I'm surprised she even came to this because she's very, very active on, and she's also part like she's very, very active still. So that's what I'm saying. I think it's a little bit harder for a lot of that side because a lot of them still do quite a few indie bookings. So it's not just like 
tapings, but it's just like, okay, they have bookings. And then especially if they're like a champion somewhere, like, um, oh God, what was, God, what the fuck was, was it Rev Pro? Probably. No, it was something. I don't know. It was, um, it was a Ireland based promotion, but, um, Jordan Devlin was the champion there for a while. That's why he really wasn't on NXT UK for a while. So that's what I'm saying. I think, but they do, but the people that don't do storylines, like obviously like the Tyler, like the Tyler Bate and the Trent Seven, they should have told them to take a month off and they should have been a part of this Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. And like certain people like that, that they were like, okay, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop for a bit. But hopefully... But obviously, this is like their first year. They're seeing how it how it worked, and obviously, it was highly successful. Yeah. So I think once it comes next year, they're like, okay. I think Triple H, because you know he they plan everything way ahead of time in NXT. He's probably already thinking about who he wants now. Yeah. And then they already separated the takeover from the main roster um show, so. Yeah, and I think obviously I think he's doing a rough draft, but then also you gotta think about those people that they sign, um, like like the Austin Theories or Shotzi or Scarlet. I want to see Scarlet. Those people will be on TV by then. I demand Scarlet be on Survivor Series next year, or I fucking riot. I can see. I can. I can picture her and Shotzi being on. Survivor Series, especially Shotzi, because she's so different. Like, she's like like a Rhea. Like, she's so different, and I think people, like, I think that's why people, like, grab, ratched on to Rhea, who are, like, who people who didn't normally watch NXT, because she's so different. I love her for it. And I think that that's how it be with Shotzi. Like, she looks so different. And then, like, her character, like, and her character and stuff. I just want to say to the ladies of NXT and WWE holding it down, whether you were in War Games or whether you were in Survivor Series, China and Luna Vachon would be so proud of you right now. True that. It's gonna like when Fact. that woman's War Games started, I started to cry, and my husband's like, "What's wrong?" And I said, "China would be so proud." And that's like my level of stuff for when it comes to women's wrestling or at least in WWE like China would have been so proud and I wish she was alive to see this right now and I just I miss that woman every day I know that sounds weird but just seeing how everything's changing just like this is what they were this is what the women were trying to get and now we got it and it's like don't fuck this up for us But we're going to move on to some news real quick that actually does tie in. Uh, we got some other news stories. Speaking of Shayna Baszler, Becky, and Bailey's match, um, apparently the big guy is not happy. Vince McMahon has came out saying he is not impressed with the Triple Threat main event match last night. At surprise. Surprise, surprise. surprise. Um, he, I haven't, I, everything, I have, there's not been much that I have, I read on it, it just said that, you know, 
backstage, Vince was not happy about the chemistry or the turnout or anything like that. He just was not thrilled of it. Now, another story to kind of piggyback off of that is that the main roster people want to call up Baszler. But they're keeping her in NXT because now that people have seen that exposure, they're not getting anybody who was just on TV to go to the main to go to the main roster. They're keeping them all there in NXT. Mm. So which makes sense because if you think about it, they're they're still going head they're going head to head with AEW. So why would you move that person from a Wednesday when you're like you just raised those people's stock? That's the same thing with Keith Lee. He right. might want to pull him up, but he can't. Right. But he could go in Triple H's, and I'll go. I'll comment more about that when you cover that. But they love Baszler at, apparently on the main. Like they, they're obsessed with her. Well, they want Ripley too. Yeah. They want. They want Shayna. They want Rhea. Like names have just been thrown out all over the place like the women who who did this they've they've impressed the higher ups and i'm like yes do something because your women's division has gone still i've heard bianca too i've heard a couple of people say bianca mm-hmm. people were saying candace it's like which it's- they could those are two people honestly that they could go up they're not really doing too much and that's not no no shade to them, but it's like they're not doing too much. And if they're not, if they're not going to make either of them champion, just move them up. They need it more. Exactly. Like put put I don't I know this, put Bianca on SmackDown because she's doing Sasha's gimmick better than Sasha's currently doing it. Well, you're right about that. <laughs> she right. I ain't even trying to, I'm not even going to defend that. You're 100% right. Like, okay, everyone's like, well, you're coming, you just said you don't watch NXT. Yeah, I don't religiously watch NXT, but I keep tabs on NXT. I know what's going on. And the way I've seen Bianca handle herself in promos or the way she, when she walks out in the ring, her body language in the ring, her facial expressions, if this is the bad bitch that you guys want Sasha to be, She's not doing what she's supposed to be doing. This is this is the girl I would want to fuck with. Like, she's scary. She's a bad. She's a bad. She's a bad bitch. I don't want her mad at me. I want her to be my friend. The so funniest she, thing is that gif. <laughs> or the video of when they pan into Shayna, realizing that she lost and <laughs> Bianca's face in the back. What? She looks so mad. What? She, it was so her. It was the perfect facial expression. Like because she was just in. Uh, she was in the background. And she just rolled her eyes and she looked at Shayna dirty because it was like when Shayna realized. Let me find it. I laughed. I laughed about that for like twenty minutes. But see, that's like if that's what Sasha Banks is supposed to be. Bianca Belair is doing it three times better than she is. That's because you got to believe what you embody. And I think, I think Bianca, see, 
Sasha took her cues from like celebrities and Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and she, you know, kind of created her character out of that. Bianca is at the ground level of the culture. And so it's a part of her, if that makes sense. Like it, this seemed like, it seemed to me like Sasha's trying to portray something that she truly hasn't experienced in that way. If that makes sense. It does. It's not across like it's a genuine experience and this is a part of who she is. This is a part of the culture. Even though she's of the culture, technically, because she's part African-American, doesn't mean she fully embodies the culture and she understands the culture. I think because you see Bianca, Bianca is involved in the culture. So when she comes across, I think that's a part of her personality. She probably is not like that on a day-to-day basis, but that is probably an exacerbated form of who she really is. And if that's not true, then she is embodying the character and selling it to us. And we're like, okay, she looked just like, she reminds me of the girls I grew up with. Cause that's, that's how they act. They, when they come out and they get ready to fight, you take your earrings off. You don't wear your earrings in no fight because a bitch will rip your earrings out and your ears bleeding. Then you got a split ear. Nah, you come out there with your shit on and hoes be talking shit. you like, uh-uh. You got to take them off. She do that every time she fight. I'm like, I love that. I fucking love that. And I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like, okay, if you give me a promo of where Sasha Banks is like, I'm the best woman on SmackDown in the WWE, I'd just be like, okay, sure you are. But if I heard Bianca's turn around and say, you know what, I'm the best woman in NXT, yeah, I don't have the belt, but that's because these little bitches have kind of had people help them beat me. I'd be like, okay, this, I could feel like, is the actual best person in the company because you're having to have people help you cheat to beat her. And just her personality, the way she carries herself, like, that's what makes it more realistic to me. Plus, she got Montez. So, I mean, it's just like, can this woman, like, she makes her own ring gear. She's already beautiful. She's smart as hell. She's got one of the best-looking guys on the roster. Like, Bianca, please stop making me feel bad about myself. Oh, wow. (laughs) We can edit that out. (laughs) But they want they want to bring them up to the to the roster. So, but there's no way. And like Nicole said, there's no way they're breaking them up with that with the ratings. Uh, it's going on between them and AEW. There's no way. No, not at the moment. No, like I think eventually they'll figure out a way to make things. I mean, they got Shotzi Black and they've got Scarlet. They need to figure out ways to incorporate them. They're already big stars, so they have ways to move certain people, kind of ease them out easily, and still bring other people in to still make um, NXT a conglomerate competitor, you know? But like you got Deanna um, Perrazzo, and you have right. Chelsea Green, who have been there for a minute. Yeah. That they but- could be put on TV, and then people also forget... How are you liking the podcast so far? 
I hope you guys are enjoying it. If you have a topic that you think we should be discussing on Down for the Count, don't hesitate to contact us. You can send us a voice message right here on the Anchor app, or you can hit us up on social media. Our Instagram is at D4TC underscore podcast. Our Twitter is at Down for the Count 19. And we'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll let you get back to the podcast. Simone Johnson's at the PC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've got um, Vanessa and um, Aaliyah have been on NXT for quite some and time. And they're going to be there. And then yeah. they got Zia Lee. They can start building her up. They, they have people to make it work. I mean, I'm not saying nothing against Dakota or Tegan Knox. Don't get me wrong. But if they can build them into stars, they can build the other girls up too. All it takes is time. So, I mean, within the next couple of months, you put them on TV, you give them decent rivalries, you make it worthwhile to watch them, they can do it. And the simple fact is, WWE has the women, whereas AEW doesn't. And that's where the niche is coming in. AEW has a lot to work to do on their women's division. They have got to get that straight now. Or they're going to be competing, but they're going to get blown the fuck out every time. Because the women are the draw. Mm-hmm. The women are the draw. And I don't care how many ways you try to pretend like SpongeBob Jericho is your fucking end-all, be-all. He is not. If you don't put Awesome Kong on TV very, very soon in capacity of actually wrestling, not as Brandy's bitch, as mm-hmm. her own entity wrestling, with other women who are at her caliber, like Nyla, and some of the other girls, stop picking up mediocre talent. Pick up somebody who's going to give you what you need. Competitors, competition. If you don't do that, it doesn't matter what you do. You'll never be on NXT's level. You'll always be trailing them. I don't care what the numbers say. I don't care what ratings say. The fact of the matter is, NXT is light years ahead of you when it comes to the women. And they they have better storylines sometimes when it comes to the men. I'm not saying that AEW is not entertaining. They are. I thought Cody did a decent job with his storyline with um, Jericho. They moved on with MJF. They have viable superstars there. But if you're resting on the fact that Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kitty Omega, and John Moxley are there, and you're resting on Jericho, then that's a problem. Yeah. Well, speaking of AEW, Kylie Ray has finally broken her silence over why she left the company. Um, pretty much what she said, um, and I'm sub I'm subquoting here, that she wasn't ready, she wasn't mature, she felt that she wasn't mature enough for AEW as a company, so she left, and she's also said that the rumors of being bullied in the locker room are not true, and that she was told she can come back at any time she's ready. Now, there has been several several rumors, all of which of what we've heard about why she left. Uh, Bullying was one of them. 
That rumor was attached to Brandy. Right, which Kylie Ray has said that Brandy didn't do it. Now, the other one is a new rumor that started around, and it was, uh, Nicole, where did you say you found this, like where it started at? I found it on Reddit, which obviously that's a very grain of salt. And then I saw it on Twitter, but nothing of it was credible. It was just a lot of hearsay. It was a lot. Apparently, like, there was a situation that happened in a locker room or something with a male star. It wasn't anything like rape or any of that, but it was just, like, like, like a very, impro- like, inappropriate, like, like, sexual gesture or, like, um... Um, pretty much, or, or indecent proposal, or something like that. That like exchange in like a backstage area, and again, this very grain of salt. Mm-hmm. From since I didn't find any like credible sources from this. Right. So of course, the internet being the internet took to well the internet, and has lost its complete fucking mind. I think this is why Kylie Rae finally spoke out. Um, a lot of people, however, don't, and I hate to say it, I am one of them, don't buy it because one person said it good or said it best. If you felt like you weren't mature enough for that kind of a company, why did you sign with it? Well, I don't think she realized that until she got in it. But I don't really think, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning toward the fact that, well, why are you not mature for AEW, but you're mature for Impact? Mm-hmm. My or, question is, what's the difference? Or any of the other, like, so-called indie companies that you're been, you've been wrestling for. Right. Like, because, I mean, some people, it's, it's a trend now that outside of WWE, with, I mean, outside of NXT UK and everything, you can wrestle for other companies and still be a part of the company. So my thing is, what what did you feel was so out of place for you in AEW that you had to step away? And then you told you go off social media for a while, you reposition yourself. Why didn't you just go back to AEW? You know, why did you completely leave them and go over here and start wrestling in other places? And you're like, okay, I'm centered. I have God to lead me. I'm okay. But you would still be protected by the blood if you was in AEW. So is it something about AEW that's pulling you out of your element? If that's the case, I can totally understand that. Mm-hmm. That's not what she said. She just was like, it's a great place. There's nothing wrong with it. It was me. And I'm just like... Something don't seem right. No, it, it, it wasn't... I, I don't know. I, I feel odd about that explanation. It's the best way I can explain it without totally coming out and just being like, yeah, she's a liar. I don't, believe like, I don't think she's lying. I think she's telling part of the truth. I think she's giving out half-truths. Do I just want to ask you guys this and then we can move on. Do you think something far beyond backstage ribbing 
that we know takes place in both locker rooms. Do you think that something happened, allegedly may have happened, with the wrestler whose name is attached to this rumor? You mean SpongeBob? (laughs) SpongeBob titty pants, yeah. Um, again, it's like, I don't know. Um, do I necessarily believe all of what she says? I mean, I, I think there's like something off about it, but then I'm not gonna discount her because she is the one who actually experienced whatever. And this is her word and this is her life. But right. if it turns out something else happened or something more comes to light, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised by it, but I'm gonna let her say what her truth what her truth is and just leave it at that agree mm-hmm. uh, um do i believe that it had anything to do with spongebob um it's plausible we've heard worse you know um but i don't honestly don't think it was that severe i do think that it probably had something to do with either her gimmick didn't fit or people were, it was, it, I don't think it was a bullying scenario, but I do think it was like, you know how people gossip. Right. And I think she probably, I don't know. I'm speculating. So this is a legend. This is just my theory. I think she probably just got tired of hearing she isn't good enough or her gimmick sucks. And why is she here? That kind of thing. Because a lot of people, from what I saw, was saying that when she debuted. Like, what is going on? Like, why is this smiling girl here? Like, what is this? I've seen other gimmicks, worse gimmicks. So I wasn't really too shocked by um, Kylie Ray. I think that's her name. So I, I, I genuinely don't think it had anything to do with the um, alleged SpongeBob stuff. I don't think it had anything to do with that. I think it was more personal um, in regards to her specifically. She said that she just wasn't in the right headspace to be there at that given time. So, like I said before, I think she's telling part of the truth and she's trying to keep everything from going overboard with AEW because, you know, things can blow up just from a small grain. You can turn into a whole fucking corn stalk when it comes to the Internet. So I think she's trying to calm the rumors down and just quell it, but I don't think she's telling all of it. And if it does eventually come out, like Nicole said, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something along the lines of she felt like she was out of place or she felt like she didn't belong and they didn't make her feel comfortable. But per her own statements, she said they did everything they could to make me comfortable. I just, it was me. That was the gist of what I got from it. It was me. It wasn't them. It was me. Okay. We're gonna stay we're gonna stay with that and if uh Kylie ever says anything more, we'll go with that. Um see here one more thing about indie news and then we'll move on to uh some WWE news here. More Ring of Honor drama. Uh Joey Mercury has released text messages between him and the really crappy GM of Ring of Honor, current, currently of Ring of Honor, and uh, folks, it is not good at all. This what guy, is going on with that? Like, why is he, 
I get that the company isn't, they're not doing their jobs. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him calling them out. But it seems like every week he escalates. And I want to know what his end game is going to be. I think just from what I'm reading it, I'm like, he's not doing this out, to me, this is my opinion. I don't see him doing this out of pettiness. I see him trying to, like, tell people, like, this is what's going on behind the scenes. Like, this is what I've had to deal with. Oh, excuse me. I hit late puberty. My voice just changed. Um, <laughs> I hate when that happens. Um, this is what this is what we've been having to go through. This is what the guys in the back have been going through. I think what's really triggering Joey, and um, I understand this because, you know, I be, I'm – pretty pissed off about this too that ring of honor let uh kelly klein go after she suffered a concussion at their show nicole i think you you know a little bit more about this than me so um so um kelly klein got a concussion she also not only did she have a concussion she was also she still is currently suffering from pcs pcs is post-concussion sit um syndrome and it was last week they tried to get Kelly to come work a show. And then this is like right after the incident happened. Kelly was so concussed, she couldn't even figure out how to book herself a flight. That's how bad her post-concussion syndrome was. Oh, my God. And they were trying to get her to work still. And her husband was like, no, like, no. And, like, obviously, like, she needs to, like, stay at home and heal. And so they sent her an email, and it was basically, like, just to summarize, they said that they no longer needed her services, and she could sit out the rest of her contract, and that they were done. And they were basically trying to say that she was, like, was helping slam the company and, like, yeah. breach protocol. Because she tweeted support for Joey Mercury. When Joey Mercury was tweeting out the heavy stuff, and then he started slowing down, and then all of a sudden he would, like, trickle out information, she retweeted one of them, and then she responded to a couple and they got wind of it, and that's what I remember reading was that that was the reason why they let her go. Then they released a statement saying that she basically we're just letting her sit out her contract, which is standard protocol, and after her contract is up, we will not be resigning her. She has not been fired. I'm like, essentially, you did fire her? <laughs> yeah, you, you just- did fire her because you told her not to come in. Not only that, she's also a champion. Correct. She is. So I would have threw that shit in the trash. Like she's the current champion. Like they, you didn't even have the decency to strip her of the title at least, or figure out. I mean, it was it was so bizarre, and they they tried really hard to cover their ass. And like I said before, when we were thinking about talking about this, I think they fired her initially, and then when they when the lawyers were like, "Look, she can sue us," they tried to cover their ass with the whole. She still can not sue them now. Because that email is from, they can't get rid of that email. She got their screenshots of it. Right. And, and they she acknowledge it. Because she, she has a concussion. 
She is not medically, she's not, she can't be medically cleared to compete, which from what I hear, they have no medical staff. So that's a problem. They have no medical staff. And then it's just the fact that they have, that they were talking like they are talking shit about Matt Tavin. So they're basically blaming because Joey Murky was saying, and he was like, we should really scale down on our venues. Which they should. Impact does, and that's helped them so much. Like, you don't have... um, MLW isn't in big places. No. AEW, when they were up here in um, in Nashville, that arena they're at, it's not... It's it's a hockey arena, but you could tell they blocked off sections to give it that smaller look. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So he was... But then he was blaming it on talent, not be able to bring in more people, not be able to make big money. Like blaming like Matt Tavin and like basically like shitting on Marty Scrolls, shitting on Flip Gordon. And then um, I can't think of his fucking name. I can't think of his name, but it's someone who's a wrestler there. And he was just getting very like, oh, well, there's two sides to every story. And then people are like, you sound fucking stupid. And then Kelly Klein, and then Kelly Klein was just like, also very, I can't think of his name, but he's like irrelevant to me because of those statements. But again, like Kelly was talking about how, you know, she was, she was upset because, you know, like she had like quite a few people said something like Flip Gordon says something like, what the fuck? And if I was him at Marty, I would stop showing up. Yeah. True. Because at this point, it's like, Marty, Flip, and I pretty much Jay Lethal are like the only three guys keeping that company alive. That's the only three big names they have. The problem I have is you 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 you're upset that people are speaking out, but you're not making the kind of money that you used to make as the Ring of Honor. You're not even at the place that you were last year, let alone being a big, you know, competitor or conglomerate when it comes to pro wrestling. So you do need to scale back your venues. You do need to pull it back. You need to go back to the indie style um, when it comes to your venues so that you could regrow your audience and possibly go back to the bigger venues. Booking a venue that could seat, you know, thousands of people and then only getting in two rows of people around the ring (laughs) is ridiculously asinine and very, very hard-headed. Right. And I, I mean, mean from from what I've gathered from what I've read about this is that ever since this new GM or CEO or whoever, I don't even want to give this guy a name because he's not fucking worth it. He uh, ever since he's come in to play, he has been trying to figure out every way to to save money to nickel and dime. But while he's doing that. You know he's he's also he's trying to feed the pig, but he's starving it at the same time. I don't know if anybody's ever heard that expression before. He's trying to save money, but at the same time they're hemorrhaging on it because he thinks they can they can sell out like a WrestleMania sized building. And and sweetheart, you you can't. I'm not taking anything away from Ring of Honor, but this isn't you know mid 2000s early 2010 Ring of Honor. 
all your guys are none of those office people see what they're doing is wrong and i don't think they're going to honestly and i think and like i i've said this a while ago i've i've been saying this for months and months and months when oh god did you fart stupid cat um when AEW was coming about, I said Ring of Honor is going to suffer the most. And Ring of Honor did because they put all their eggs in one basket when it came to Elite. So when it yeah. all up and left, they had no fucking idea what to do. That is 100% accurate. And I they don't know what to do, so they're just blaming blaming talent, which is not their fault, which it should be. They should be scaling back. They should be trying to build up. There's so many and honestly, they're still stuck in their ways. And it's to the point that it's like, no, fans don't want to go to their shows, don't want to support because they're treating people like shit. And like these people are going to leave anyways. Right. Like right. most of these people, they didn't already sign their contract. They're going to be gone. And honestly, they're, I can't, I don't see them being around much longer. I think honestly, by, um, by spring, latest they'll be done and it's not and I don't wish anyone except for those assholes but I'm talking about like talent wise and like the people behind the scenes like the stage we're like I don't wish for those people to lose their source of income but honestly it's just like it's it's dying and those people don't change they don't see any what they're doing is wrong whatsoever and I wouldn't be surprised if they people people start suing like, if I was Kelly, I would sue mm-hmm. um, those other people that were mentioned. I honestly, I would sue them. And and people were talking about that on Twitter. There was like, yeah, I'd say Ring of Honor is going to die. It's going to die sometime in 2020. It's going to happen. It's sad, but it's going to happen. I think and then a- we were, because we were talking about, like, what do you think will happen? I was like, w- I was like, I think W... WE would try to purchase their catalog. I saw that on Twitter. They're like the Ring of Honor uh, backlog alone that has so much, so much like, ha- well, half the guys who are wrestling in WWE now sport in Ring of Honor. So, I mean, there's more than half. Well, mm-hmm. It's late and my brain can't do math. Remember. <laughs> Useless knowledge. You know what the funny thing? You know what the real funny thing about what's in Ring of Honor's catalog? Hmm. Um, All In. Oh, shit. You think they're going to eat that petty? Yeah, they are. Because it's included in a catalog. If they buy, if they buy, because that's what I'm saying. I feel like once Ring of I think people are going to sue, which I would, and I think they're going to start trying to sell their catalog. And when you think about it, that's more content for WWE. the network, mm-hmm. which they could always use more content for the record and for the, um, and I love watching old stuff. Like I watch like old, like, like NW, I, I watch like old territory stuff on the WWE network and like old, like Nitro and stuff like that. And I love it. That's what I mostly watch if I'm not watching like. NXT UK or like a, like a pay per view or something. Like I'm watching you, stuff like that. You like, have to remember that Cody's buying up all of some of the old names for some of these old shows, and like Bash at the Beach and what the name that it was before they called it um oh 
what was it, Starcade that they called it? Beach Blast. No, not no the the war games. The there match beyond. That that's what it was called. He just bought the rights for the match beyond for Dusty Rhodes. He just bought the rights for Bash at the Beach. And he bought the rights for at least five other pay-per-views. He doesn't that, have the right, the copyright for Bash on the Beach. That's getting um disputed. Yeah, it's getting contested for that one. But the match beyond, they pretty much let him have. But that's what War Games was called before they, you know, um did that. So if they if they sell that catalog, I 100% believe that Vince is going to buy it. And he's gonna start if they start if they do anything else that is attacking on WWE's old stuff or stuff that they decide that they want to use, he 100% is gonna retaliate and take all in so they can't use it. I know that he was gonna do it. And I think he'll just do it just for the hell of it. Yeah, because he's Cause like that. that. Um, <laughs> he will do it. But um. Eric Bischoff, I have to listen to it, but um, either on his podcast or his, I like read a clip of it, and he was just talking about how AEW. He says they need to stop buying old. I think he's also not happy because it's like WCW stuff. But yeah. he was like, they need to stop buying all this old like names for WCW. He was like, if you wanted to be like a retro company, like and MWA, like, fine. He's that's cool. Like, there's an audience for that. Like, do that. He said, but don't say you're an alternative, and you're, like, shaking the system, and you're being brand new, but you're keep dipping in the past. Thank you. I think the big thing was, and I understand, you know, going forward, don't look in the past, go forward. A lot of this, a lot of this had to do with Cody trying to get Dusty's name back in the Rhodes family. Because WWE had a trademark on that. And I think that's what he was trying to do was at least get his dad's name. And these shows that he was trying to get are attached to his dad in one way, shape, or form. The Match Beyond definitely is. And if I recall, Bash at the Beach is. But at the same time, if it was me, I would not get anything that... um, I'm I'm building a company, and your father will always be remembered as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. You don't need those matches or those names to hold on to your father. You already have him. So why don't you just build AEW and worry about the other shit later? Like, y'all can come up with your own names. Y'all came up with the all-in stuff, with the casino style, the buy-in, unless... I've never seen it before, unless it's happened before. I personally have never seen it. I'm like, you're not incapable of having creativity. If that's the case, hire people to give you some. Why are you so pressed about these particular names? Even if they are attached to your father, what does that mean? I know he wants it because it like his dad like Dusty was very involved in WCW, but I was like so many people are very involved in WCW. You That's think of not- like Booker T who has his own wrestling promotion. Right. And like countless other people and like the Lance Storm and it's like 
They're like doing no that. offense. Like I love Dusty. Like Dusty's like one of the greats, but he not wasn't the only person who was integral to WCW and it being successful. Exactly. And I just think he's just doing too much with it now. He can just build his company. Like I'm not trying to knock him for trying to have his father be at the forefront, but you can do that without doing this. This is where the problem will come in because it just seems like you can't shake being underneath WWE's thumb, no matter how many times you try to say you're different, you're doing things different, you are not. You are still affected by them. Even though they don't mention you, they're not trying to be attached to you. They're just doing their thing. Whether Vince reaction is reactionary to you or not, that's not the entire company, okay? You and people in your company are on TV. You're mentioning them. Oh, we're not like the other company. This isn't the other company. We all know who the other company is. We all know this, okay? Then you're going and you're buying up the trademarks for these particular pay-per-views. Why? What does that do for AEW besides it will look like, and I'm probably going to get flack for it, but I don't care. It looks like you're using your father's fame to piggyback off of to build AEW, and you don't have to do that. It's unnecessary. And you're creating a fight where there doesn't have to be one. Hmm. I agree. I can see it. It's It's just doing too much. And, like, I feel bad, and I feel bad for, like, like saying and thinking about it, but, yeah, it's just, like, the match beyond, yeah, they're not, they're going to do that. But it's also, like, if they do something like War Games, people are just going to be like, oh. This is War Games. Yeah. I see it.
bad stuff, pretty much. It's it's a coping mechanism. Exactly. That's why I don't want to be cruel. Alright, so one last topic for the night, ladies. Um, so our favorite commentator, Corey Graves, has decided to run his mouth off this weekend, which surprises which really surprises no one. Um the first time was to a fan who posted a video on Twitter. Um, talking about how she just didn't like Baron Corbin and she was really respectful about it and she made some good points and she just said I'm not a big fan of his and Corey took that to heart because him and Baron are BFFs and he went after her and all his little fan stands went after her too and then he decided to go after uh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name so please help me if I if I mispronounce it Marna Yes, the announcer from NXT, because um, story, the story was he got so worked up over War Games last night, he blew out a vocal cord, and that's why he wasn't at Survivor Series. Which, okay, I can believe that. The guy really gets to his commentary, and people are like, he's so cheesy. I'm like, I don't mind the cheese, though. Like, it's funny, because he's so... He he fucking made his own catch, his own trademark, like the mom thing. And I was just like, it's so stupid, but it's just like at the same time, it's like I remember when Jr. used to go, my God, my God, has God is my witness, he's broken in half, you know, like that, yeah. so that hype that's missing from like when they do awesome shit nowadays. And people were coming for him so bad, he deleted his Twitter. It's like he's very repetitive. Yeah. That's what kills me about his comment. Is very, very, very repetitive, and it bugs me because he just keeps saying the same shit and doesn't 
explain it. I love Morrow's commentary. I think Morrow is is hilarious. He has his post on on um, the culture, and he listen, and he knows how to make a reference work. I don't know why people are so opposed to him making rap references, but you don't have no fucking problem with fucking Jr. calling um people who are Asian Orientals. Yeah. But, or you have no issue. You have no issue with King on commentary, not knowing anybody from NXT UK, not having no clue what he was looking at at all. How come it's okay for those guys to be dated and out of touch, but it's not okay for Morrow to actually be in touch with the culture, actually be a part of it? He did it again last night at Survivor Series. He was saying when these NXT guys, I don't remember who it was, but there's a match where NXT guys came out against Raw, and he goes, well, I've never heard of these guys before. Let's see what they can do. I'm like, Father, are you fucking serious? How do they let him? I don't even know how they let him do that. They don't have no problems with him doing it. They think it adds flavor to the commentary. But it just it, makes but him look stupid. All, yeah, it makes him look stupid. makes Raw look stupid. But then at the same time, it's like, well, Corey's a color commentator. That's like what his job is. I'm like, Nigel's a color commentator. I think people forget that. He is. He is, but he doesn't. Let's see. But he's clearly he's clearly a color commentator. But he doesn't complete. But he doesn't bury. He doesn't bury the faces. No. He gets up facts about why that heel person or people or whoever are doing what they're supposed to be doing what they're doing or why it's right and so mm-hmm. on and so on gives history so that's what I'm saying it's like he like tries he's he tries too hard like he's way more likable and way better at like his content like him doing his podcast when he's commenting like he just try he's just try so hard and it's like you don't really need to do all that. No. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's, and regard, it's, like, I remember the tweet, they said that um, some fan asked him, like, how many rap references did Mauro Anello make tonight? And he was just like, far too many. And then... <sighs> I know a lot of people say that Mauro's being sensitive. And even though I saw an article that said that he debunks the fact that he is bipolar or has any type of mental disability. It's his decision to disclose what's going on with him mentally, physically, or whatever. I don't know. I'm just going off of what I see. Um, It's okay for him to be sensitive about it, especially if you're being attacked. Like, if Corey says it and Corey's continuing to do it, and then other people are joining in on the bandwagon attack. It can be very engulfing. It can almost be stifling, like you can't breathe. So I can understand why he would, you know, shut down his his Twitter or his Instagram and just be like, you know what, fuck this. He doesn't need that to do his job. No. No. It's just like, you know, he has been very public with, his depression and anxiety and people like someone always wants to go up against him. That's the first thing they bring up. And it's just like, why are you going for the jugular on this? Like that is such 
bullshit. And he's a nice guy. Does he does he go a little too much sometimes? Yeah. But I'd rather hear him be enthusiastic and happy and being just a generally good person. I'd rather hear that than, you know, freaking Corey Graves talking about how Mandy Rose is a, is God's greatest gift and, you know, Jesus. Lex the goddess and him basically jizzing himself like what King used to do when the divas would come out. Oh, it's like, was- <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear that. Like you're not a good commentator. And from what I'm seeing, he's not that nice of a person either. So I'm kind of doing a double check on Carmela. Like you're really dating this guy. I don't know about that. Like, I, I, I don't want to say I judge a person by his Twitter. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Because if that's the case, then I could be judged by the things I post on. The things that I post on Instagram and Twitter, I could be judged by that, and I could be looked at as a bitchy person. So I wouldn't want to say that. I do think that Corey oversteps his bounds. Like, he should have just sat there and ate his food. Yeah. And especially the same thing is because I know if he made someone made a comment about his personal life, he will oh, go off. Right. Right. So he should just mind his fucking business. Like, it's not like they're on the same show doing commentary. And, like, it's a different ball game when Mauro is on NXT and he's doing his thing. He does, He's sitting there doing his job. He goes home. He does his job. He goes home. He ain't on Twitter tweeting about what the fuck Corey doing. Corey always got, always in some shit, though. Like, it's always some shit that he's saying. Notice that out of all of the commentators, he gets the most flack, and it's because he's always opening his fucking mouth. When he doesn't need his fucking mouth to be opened. Period. Like, just shut the fuck up. Like, that that's the simplest explanation. Like, I'm not saying you shouldn't have an opinion. You shouldn't be able to talk about anything. I'm not saying that at all. But just know that every time you open your fucking mouth, you open another window to people coming to you to attack you specifically. So instead right. of doing that and going after somebody else who isn't doing anything, like I can see if Mara was on his Twitter talking shit about Corey, but he didn't say a fucking word. Like, and he didn't have to respond to the fan. That's the point. He didn't have to do that. He did and it. And the same him. thing with that that girl who's talking about um, him and Baron Corbin. She didn't tag any of them, so he no. searched himself. He did a vanity search. That hashtag, it and it really, it really, the hashtag was Corbin. So, so in a vanity search of Baron, so because I don't think Corbin's the kind of guy who hangs out on Twitter all day. He's got shit no, he needs to do. No, Corbin doesn't do that. But I think either somebody sent that to him, or he found it because he like follows the WWE hashtag or some shit like that. But like you, you just. Just mind your fucking business. Like, that's the only thing, that's the best way to fix all of this. Like, just stay out of people's business, especially when they're not coming for you. Like, Mauro didn't come for you. See, right. Mauro needs to have some people around him that will take your ass out. I'm the type of bitch that I'll sit here and let you say all that shit about me, and then I'll show up to your fucking job. Like, I'll be there. Like, are what you saying on Twitter, are you just doing that for entertainment, or are you doing that for real, for real, because that's how you feel. Because I need right. to know. 
because we this is our job this is what we do and yes we utilize our social media to push forward the narrative of our jobs you know what we present as entertainment but i need to know how you is that how you really feel because if that's if that's the case then bitch we got problems yeah. i'll be being your shit I don't have no problem with being reprimanded for telling you back the fuck up off me. If you got a problem with me, don't say nothing about me on social media. Keep my fucking name out your mouth. I don't want to hear that shit. I don't I have think nothing. That's to what really got me. I don't think it was more. It was more unprofessional in my opinion than ever anything. It was super unprofessional because it was very, very, very unprofessional. Any other job you've had that I can think of, any job I had, I don't care if I was server, working in a hospital, working in a call center, whatever. If I talked shit about that with somebody I work with, my ass would have been bounced. Well, it's a part of the job. That's what I'm saying. That's why I would have went directly to the source, because fuck that. Like, you, I work just like your ass work every day. And and to be honest, Mauro is the voice of NXT. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say, but when he's not there, you're missing something. Right. I like him. He 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 might and have like when they and when they mentioned it yesterday, like Nigel looked pissed. What do you mean? Oh, during when they when, mentioned Mauro he, yeah, being voiceless. He didn't just say, like, you know, how like sometimes they'll say people are sick, they're going to get better, they're out with the flu or whatever. And then other commentators will be like, oh, get well soon, we'll see you later. Like, no. Like, Nigel didn't say anything. He just sat there. He's, yeah. Because Nigel was probably like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this motherfucker in the face. Because, like, he I mean. He probably said something, too. He probably, I wouldn't honestly, because Nigel's someone. He seems like someone like that. I wouldn't be surprised if he said something to Corey. He probably did. Because what does he have to lose, right? Especially when you work with somebody and you actually know them. That's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. you, you only work with Mauro Ranello for a little while. So you don't really know everything. And I'm just like, you can't. You can't go on social media like that because you send those squad, you send goons after them when you do that. Most people don't like Mauro. That's fine. Like, turn the fucking sound down. The man is there. He doing his job. He's no different from JR. None. So I don't I don't understand. I'd have chin checked the fuck out of Corey though. I'd have been at his job. Period. Friday night, <laughs> I would have been there. I'd be like, if you talk shit, if you're a big man, say it to my face. That's And that's the for show you're right on. Right then and there. Like, I'm right before the show starts. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. You and I need to have a conversation. No, I gotta go to work. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Or like, I would have sat in his chair. Period. Like, you want an invasion? We can do an invasion. We, we can do that. We're like... <laughs> day like come on now i'd be like first need to get off my ass so like just getting back to Corey though it's just like he's i just if it was him if this was vice versa he would be crying and whining on instagram or social media (laughs) of any kind and be like i can't believe these people are coming for me and blah 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 like dude you're a piece of shit like legit that is your character you are a walking talking piece of shit (laughs) Like, oh, okay, I I'm gonna play devil's advocate. 
I don't think Corey's a terrible person. I just think he does shit for shock value and just to be funny. And he thinks that his satirical non I don't give a shit attitude is is cool but in reality he just comes off as a douchebag that's why I say him and CM Punk are kind of cut from the same cloth because CM Punk has a very know-it-all attitude it comes across like he believes he's superior to you and to anyone else and he relishes in the fact that people still want him, want him around, it somehow emboldens him and makes him feel like he's some entity. And he tries to pretend like that's not true, but it is 100% true. That is, that is the way he is. And I think Corey isn't too far behind that either. I just, he, he comes up as a tryhard and a fake and like, he just, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't like him. I don't like him at all. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a fan of him. He's just one of those people who's just like, he just does too much. He's just like a, he's just like a drama queen. Yeah. And he like believes in his own hype. And. That is highly accurate. Yes. 100%. Like, he, and I don't want to, like, put down people, like, especially since I, like, I, I myself have, like, self-esteem issues, but it's, like, he, like, thinks way too highly of himself, too. Yes. Very, very, very too high. I just think he just needs to just, just relax. And, like, and I, I think he, he likes the fact that people are so... They're they're waiting and baiting breath of what he's gonna say next because he he can be witty and funny at times, but he's also just a big ass douchebag. And he's corny. He's corny on commentary. And I find it very funny how people are only a few people I know complain about Corey's commentary, but then you have those who and I think a lot of times people are mad at Marvel for the rap references because they don't understand it. So if he was saying something that was a part that they understood and that they recognized, they wouldn't care. But because they don't understand it, they immediately write it off. Oh, that's whack. Oh, that's corny. I'm like, Corey is literally about to piss on himself every time, or jizz himself, rather, every time Alexa or um, stop listening. Every time Bliss comes out there or every time Mandy comes out there, he's just like, I'm surprised Carmelo hasn't punched him in his face yet. Because I'd have been worried. I'm like, could you please like tone that shit down just a little bit? Because it just looks bad. It looks bad and I don't like it and I don't, I don't want to hear it every time I watch wrestling and you're doing commentary. But whatever. I... I really WWE needs to like tell him he needs to pull it back because we'll end on this and y'all can agree with me or not. The people that Graves has gone after in the past are people that won't say anything, like you know, like Morano, where he won't step up to him or whatever, or people or fans. He won't say it to people like uh let me see here. I'm trying to think of someone who's not Samoa Joe. Like 
Yeah. Say like, okay, I, I hate to keep using it for examples, and I'm pretty sure people are tired of me saying it. Fuck you, <laughs> my favorite wrestler. If he talks shit about Samoa Joe, do you think Joe is like the kind of person who would just like let it go, or do you think he would walk up and be like, hey, heard you talking shit? No, I think Joe would be would would, would confront him. But he I, think just, I think that's just a part of who he is. Like, but I also think that there's more to it behind the scenes than we know, and they know what he's doing is is a part of the act. But I don't know. I I, I want to say that Moro didn't cut shut his Twitter. I mean, his Twitter down because of Corey. I want to say he didn't do all of that because of Corey. I want to say maybe he just wants to take a break. People deactivate their Twitters all the time. You know, yeah. so I don't think, I, I don't want to believe that Corey has that much power over one person. Because I would I would bust Corey's ass. He seemed like the type of dude that would talk a lot of shit, but when you get in his face and question him, he would back down like the pussy that he is. Uh-huh. I, 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 would, I would call his bluff right to his face. I could see it happening. I, I no, I don't believe Morrow shut his Twitter down because of that. And I, I want to believe the story we were given that his voice was shot and he's just resting it. That's what I want to believe because he was screaming. <laughs> he was. Yeah. The whole night. So yeah, I don't want to I don't want to give Corey that much power over anybody. Well, what if, it wasn't, what if it wasn't Corey, and like, what if it was just the fans or his little his little army or whatever that? Well, basically... I don't understand that because it, it happened to Seth, so you know, which that's a whole other story. But I mean, I can understand that because I know that it's happened to me when you're getting messages where it's it's like people are calling you names or they're likening you to someone who is 100% disgusting. And you know full well that you aren't like that. And you, you're, it's like you hear it and you see it so many times that you start to believe what you're hearing and what you're saying. So to protect yourself, you remove the issue that is causing you so much stress and discord, which I can totally understand. Once people stop acting like little, little badass baby kids online, He'll probably reactivate his Twitter and go about his business. True. <sighs> He's just. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Well, people suck. So. True. You just have to be all okay on this note and we'll end it. I'll let it go. You, you just need to be understanding of how other people might feel by the things that you say and how you conduct yourself. So even if you're joking, like take me, for example, I'm on Instagram talking about Lana's wig every day. <laughs> as bad as it is, <laughs> which I just did a video today because it's bad. She knows that it's bad. It's not like she can't see it. I know that bitch sees it. I know she does. But... <laughs> I have no malice in what I'm saying. And I know that even though I don't, it can come across as if I do. If Lana yeah. came to my inbox and was like, hey, you know, what you're saying is hurtful. 
I would apologize. And I would back off because I wouldn't want someone to come at me that way. I wouldn't want someone to attack me in that regard. I'm not attacking Lana on her looks. I think she's a beautiful girl. I just want her I, I just want her to wear better wigs. That's so <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't get mad about how someone reacts to something you said. You know, like I'm oh jeez. So I don't know. Corey, get over it. Thank you so much for sticking it out with us at Down for the Count. So we're just taking a little commercial break to let you guys know that we are on two social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. You can hit us up there with any news that you want us to discuss, any topic that you want us to discuss. We got you. Just send it to us. We are all for people. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, so make sure you guys stick with us at Down for the Count, and we're going to continue on with our show. Yeah, Moral will get back on Twitter. Like, I don't think he's gone forever. Everybody always makes a big deal when people deactivate their Twitters. But, I mean, if you're on a level like what Morrow is, (sighs) you're going to get hella shit. So... They're going to deactivate their Twitters or Instagrams for a little while, and then they'll be back. And then that shit will be over, and they'll be moving on to somebody else doing something mm-hmm. stupid. Another another day, another thing on social media. Correct. All right. Well, anybody got anything else before we head out? No. We'll be back in January. That's about it. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening to, again, the last episode of 2019. It's been very weird, ladies. <laughs> um, from That's our season of- finale. Yeah. yeah. So we will be back in January. Uh, we are not sure exact date yet, but keep an eye on our social medias we are on twitter and instagram just look us up down for the count podcast um pretty sure tiff is gonna put in one of those fancy commercials that she usually does for us (laughs) (laughs) we'll let you guys know about the date we are still going to be following all the latest news and wrestling we will um that will be up we will be posting it on instagram and twitter and we will continue the live tweet on our twitter account as well um, December is TLC, so that will be the last WWE pay-per-view. I believe we are almost heading toward burnout, so we figure the holidays will be perfect. Like I said, just follow our social media accounts. We'll keep up with that, and we'll keep posting any news, live tweets, anything like that. Uh, um. So- Y'all have any parting words till we talk to everybody again in January? All right, guys. So um, from all of us here on From Down for the Count podcast, have a great Thanksgiving. If you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, have a great uh, 28th of November. I don't know. Just Um, have a good Thanksgiving. Have a happy holidays. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Kwanzaa. Yeah. Whatever you fucking celebrate. That's what my new holiday is. 
bye. Just bye. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone be safe. We'll see you in January. Happy Christmas. All that Merry Holidays. Whatever. Fuck it. Just go get drunk and don't do anything. Have so. fun. Be safe. Yeah, all that shit. All that shit. All that good stuff. So, till January, guys. We'll see you soon. Later. Bye. 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 <laughs>you so much for listening to the down for the count podcast this was such a labor of love for all three of us we truly love doing this and we enjoy having our listeners interact with us more than ever follow us on instagram follow us on twitter send us a voice message we'll be sure to include your voice messages in our podcast this was just the greatest year for me and for Alexis and Nicole, for us to be able to come together and do this podcast, it just, it was just such a labor of love. You have no idea how much fun we have doing it and how much work we put into doing it. It just makes us feel really good that you guys enjoy the content. So whether it's two people listening or whether it's a hundred people listening, we really appreciate every single one of you and we thank you so much for listening to our ideals and giving us an opportunity and a platform to be able to speak our truth and what we truly think about the sport that we love. So thank you so much for being a listener. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you're sharing our content, reposting it, telling people to listen to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We cannot stress that enough. We'll see you guys in January. Thank you so much for listening and go back and listen to some old stuff. We got some cute stuff, some top five stuff that was funny, you know. (laughs) It was cute. So (laughs) go back and listen to it. Thank you so much for being a listener. And thank you so much for just supporting us. We appreciate you guys so much. And we'll see you guys next time.